Welcome to episode 31 of the Listening Brain Podcast. Welcome to the Listening Brain. I'm your host, Todd Houston. In this podcast, we explore childhood hearing loss through the lives of the parents and families who are on this journey and the professionals who serve them. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Pam Dawson. Pam has been working in the field of early intervention for over 25 years. She holds a master's degree in early intervention from the University of Maine. As the director of Hear Me Now, a listening and spoken language program in Maine, she works to promote access to qualified LSL providers to all families in northern New England, regardless of geographic location. Hear Me Now has been successfully using tele-intervention to coach families for over 10 years. Pam serves on the board of directors for Option, the Eddie Planning Committee, and facilitates the InCham Tele-Intervention Learning Community. She has also served as co-chair of the Maine Part C Interagency Coordinating Council and a Northern New England Collaborative to examine the access to services for families in Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. It is my pleasure to welcome Pam Dawson to the podcast. Pam, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your professional background? Sure. Um, Well, I've been the director at Hear Me Now for, gosh, 12 or 13 years now. Um, I came to the position perhaps a little bit different route than uh, some directors of some option programs um, did in that um, my background um, and education was in early childhood special education, early intervention. Um, And my uh, work with and exposure to young children uh, who were deaf or hard of hearing was minimal uh, until I took the position. so the learning curve for me when I started was uh, in the field of listening and spoken language. I found some wonderful resources that could really um, pump me up that way. Um, but I think that perhaps something that I brought to the position um, that had not been there before is just the idea of strong language-based early intervention and preschool programs uh, which are the norm for children with a lot of developmental delays um, are also going to be really appropriate for kids with hearing loss who are learning to listen and speak. Right. And I happen to notice uh, in your bio a little bit about music and how that was uh, a part of your background as well. It was for sure. And it's something that really, that drew me um, 
to hear me now because the thought that um, a young child with a profound hearing loss could access music, could enjoy music, could make music, um, really, really appealed to me, um, tugged on my heartstrings. And I've seen it happen in my years at Hear Me Now. And we've also uh, started working, um, partnering with a local adult cochlear implant program in Portland, Maine. And um, I've had the real pleasure of seeing late deafened adults who um, get cochlear implants gain back that, that, um, that pleasure and that enjoyment in their life of listening to, and in some cases, actually participating in music. So where did, where did music originate with you? How did that start with you? I actually majored in music for a couple oh, of years when wow. I was in college um, before switching to the early childhood uh, special education. Uh, I was a voice major. Oh, nice. Uh, yep. And um it was wonderful and I, and, and um, a hard decision to switch majors. And I've, mm -hmm. I've stuck with participating in the music community choral mostly. Um, mm -hmm. And I still do it up to until COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And Being in a room one... full of people with their mouths open now, it'll happen again, but that's on hiatus for the moment. Yeah, it was it was so interesting seeing uh, some of the orchestras and, and, and different ensembles doing their uh, Zoom meetings and Zoom concerts, and they're all mm -hmm. singing in their homes or playing their music, you know, their instruments and singing. And it was an interesting thing to see during COVID. Thank goodness for technology and for the people who have the expertise to take all that information and, um, and all those voices and all those parts and actually put it together um, in ways that sound wonderful and give people that pleasure. Right. So just going back a little bit, and where did the where did uh, Hear Me Now start? I mean, how did it all start for that for for the school? So Hear Me Now is um, a small listening and spoken language program in Portland, Maine, mm -hmm. and it started uh, in two thousand and three. So almost twenty years ago now. It was a, a group of parents mm -hmm. who all had profoundly deaf. Uh, children at that time, young children, um, they knew that they wanted a listening and spoken language outcome for their child. That uh, opportunity was not available in Maine. So they had to travel out of state, usually to the Boston area, um, for um, both the implant surgery, uh, but also for the habilitative work afterwards. They the families were um, working with uh, speech and language pathologists who specialized in kids um, who are deaf or hard of hearing and were traveling, you know, several hours, a couple times, a couple, three times a week. And they didn't want that for, uh, for future families. They wanted the choice in Maine. So that's how it started. It really started as, as an advocacy organization, um, grew to uh, a center-based program. A few years ago, we made the decision, um, I think with a combination of earlier identification, earlier intervention, kids were doing really well. And mo most of our kids were in community-based programs. So uh, we made the decision to close our, our 
preschool program and do all of, I, of our work on an itinerant basis. Um, and that's been our model ever since. So we, we provide early intervention and, and partner with uh, Part C organizations in Maine. And then over the last, uh, I guess it's six or seven years now, um, the need in other rural areas in Northern New England, New Hampshire and Vermont, um, people found their way to us and we had already been doing telehealth um, applications for kids in rural, kids and families in rural parts of Maine. And we were able to transition, uh, get licensed, certified and transition to offer, um, offer support to families in, uh, in, in Northern New England. Just spreading the mission and reaching more families. Yeah. That's great. Yes. Yep. Um, partner often with audiology practices mm-hmm. in other states as well. Um, the more we can communicate with the pediatric audiologist in terms of what's happening in the child's natural environment and what's happening in the booth, um, the better, better the outcomes are for the kids. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I recall visiting, I don't know if you remember this, but um, I do. When I, do. I, when I was at AG Bell, <laughs> uh, I think, did you host a conference? Is that right? With uh, with Warren Estabrooks? Um, and I came up as mm-hmm. a part of that and was there representing AG Bell. And it was his, you know, he was the, he was the featured guy, obviously. But uh, I remember visiting the program. It was, it was, it was, at that point in time, many years ago, but it was, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I actually still have my tote bag you gave me at the time. <laughs> it was a pretty heavy duty tote bag that I yeah. still use actually. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. The canvas held up. That's for, right. That's right. That's it's right. a canvas bag. Yep. So yeah, I do remember being there. So you mentioned that uh, Hear Me Now is a part of the option network of, of schools. Explain to our listeners uh, who who may not be as familiar with Option exactly what Option is. Sure, um, I'm I'm happy to do that. I've I've uh, had the pleasure of, of sitting on the Option board for gosh five or six years now, and we've been working very hard to um, expand our value and um, support of professionals uh, that are working in the field of listening and spoken language. So basically we are, we're a professional organization of um, listening and spoken language, we say uh, leaders, and we define a leader as anyone in the field who is committed to uh, best practice um, and to um, growing themselves as professionals. And, uh, as you said, it, it used to be that option was just for um, larger schools or center-based uh, programs, but we've really expanded our membership criteria over the last two or three years uh, to include um, individual members, anyone who is working in the field of listening and spoken language who would like the opportunity uh, to network with others who are uh, championing the same. Um, We provide resources, webinars, um, a new um, 
effort that has really taken off since COVID is we have monthly options circles that are defined by job responsibilities. So we have an early intervention circle, uh, preschool, um, itinerant teachers, audiologists, uh, program directors who meet once a month. Uh, It's an opportunity to be together with other like-minded people to share resources. Um, And then, uh, and as you can imagine, a lot of, for a lot of, for resources in the beginning, type of support was was very helpful for people, um, and we keep a repository of of all of those, um, all of those resources on the member section of our website as well. So our goal is really to connect professionals in the field of listening and spoken language and support them so that they can go on to support the communities that they serve, the the children and the families that they work with. And how many individual members versus program or schools uh, are a part of option? I was the individual membership is growing. Um, Mm -hmm. That's our fastest growing um, segment right now. Uh, in fact, I just got an email today that we had four new applications just this week. So um, really happy about that. Uh, if people go to our website, there's actually a membership section and it lists out the different uh, membership criteria and how to move forward with that. Um, you'll see on that section of the website as well that we are really committed to um, and concerned about uh, a a shortage, uh, teacher shortage, um, shortage of professionals working in our field. Um, And we're trying very hard to partner with university programs, teacher training programs to get the word out about the opportunities that are available um, to people who are interested in the field to offer them supports as part of their uh, professional journey and to also make them aware of employment opportunities as they come about. So uh, partner members, such as university programs, clinic programs, hospital programs, are also um, a growing part of our membership as well. That's great, especially because of my interest in training and working with grad students, uh, I, I wasn't aware of university programs could be a, a member. So good. That's great. I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity to talk about it with you. We're really yeah. trying to, we're really trying to get the word out there because the foundation of, of our field of listening and spoken language is the people, the mm-hmm. people that are, are providing the, the services and we want to support them in in every way that we can. And there's an incredible wealth of, <clears throat> of knowledge, of experience um, in, our, in our membership. It, it, there are people that have been in the field for many, many years and have seen the changes and the, the outcomes uh, grow and change over the years. And then there are new, uh, full of good ideas, uh, people that are newer to the field. And our goal is to connect all of us and so that we can support each other. Right. And and, and so uh, what 
other goals does Option have? I mean, certainly to grow the membership, to to be that resource. Um, any other plans uh, in terms of developing programs or, or you said webinars and things like that? We offer webinars as well, um, quarterly webinars. We're very interested in supporting and facilitating uh, research um, okay. and education that will validate our processes um, and inform our progress. We have um, a data repository that uh, programs participate in, in which we are keeping track of child and family outcomes over time, longitudinally. Um, and our research committee is in the process of, um, has already submitted some uh, papers for publication and are working on others. And awesome. uh, the data is exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I think that's the other aspect of all this is, in terms of informing the public in a sense of showing through research, this works. I mean, these kids can be very, very successful and, uh, and they'll, and so they can't deny it in a sense because the research is, is proving that it's working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exciting for us too. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, uh, if individuals want to learn more about option, they go to the website? They can go to the website and there's information about the different types of membership that are there. Um, will you be sharing? And it's, certainly people can contact me. Um, so why don't you share, you know, if you want to share your uh, contact information as well as option, and then people can be in touch. Absolutely. So just say my email address right now. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy to do that. Um, so it's uh, P Dawson and that's D A W S O N at here, H E A R dash me dash now.org. And I really hope people do reach out. Uh, this is a very important priority for option is, is to be uh, a connector of professionals um, a resource and uh, an opportunity for networking for for all the professionals in our field. Professionals, um, aspiring professionals, job seeking professionals, all the above. And what's the option website? Do you remember? Do you know that off the top? I think it's optionlsl.org. Okay. Great. Well, Pam, thank you for joining me on the podcast and best of luck to Option, of course, and to Hear Me Now. Thank you, Todd. It's been a pleasure. I uh, enjoy listening in on these. Never thought I'd actually be talking to you on one, but (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Here we are. Thank you, Pam, for being with us. Uh, Pam is someone I have always admired through her work at Hear Me Now in Maine as well as the work that she's done with the option schools and the option network and her steadfast commitment to tele-intervention, which has been such a saving grace in Maine and really all across the country as a way to provide early intervention services to children and families. So thank you, Pam, for all that you're doing and all that you will continue to do. And Thank you, loyal listeners of this podcast. I know 
that I have been negligent. I have been uh, a little preoccupied with some of the other things going on in my life, and I have, uh, in a sense, not paid uh, enough attention to this podcast. And for that, I truly apologize and hope that you will continue to support the podcast and be loyal listeners. It is my pledge to get uh, episodes out every two weeks, and I think that I'm at a point now, after going through a move and several other uh, interesting situations over the past few months, uh, to finally have, uh, in a sense, my head above water. But, you know, once you think you do have your head above water, that's when you start to drown. So, uh, I hope uh, that I do have my head above water and I will uh, really pledge to get new episodes out in a timely manner every two weeks. So thank you for hanging in there and believing in this podcast. I think it's a very important one. I think it's uh, really critical to get this concept of listening and spoken language uh, out there, this approach. Uh, we still have battles that we have to embark upon to make sure that families and professionals and adults with hearing loss are supported in their choices of listening and spoken language. And and unfortunately, we are still having to state that case uh, in situations that it should be an already a settled matter. But we are continuing to have to, to really fight uh, and to make sure that families have access to listening and spoken language. And, and that for me is, is unfortunate. Um, uh, after, you know, nearly 30 years in this business and, uh, seeing the changes that have happened, which have been very positive, but to also see in some States, uh, that we are still fighting, uh, to get the basics in place for these children and these families. So, we will keep up the good fight. And one way that we'll do that is through this podcast and basically bringing information to more people that we can, uh, more people uh, in terms of uh, sharing their stories about uh, their little background, how they got into the field. We'll talk to parents as well and and also uh, other adults with hearing loss uh, who have grown up using listening and spoken language. So uh, I want to continue to be a resource, uh, but I want to be positive and and show the positive aspects of what can happen when we do provide these services uh, to families and children uh, who want it. So with that, thank you again for listening. Uh, leave us a five-star review. That always helps to attract new listeners and to grow the program. And we definitely want to grow the podcast. So thank you for doing that. And until next time, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. Music.